Good morning, Sherwood Oaks. Look, I, I have a little bit of a voice. That's great. Last week I didn't have any voice whatsoever, and it's coming back slowly, but surely I'm not fully there yet. But good to see everyone. I'm just so happy to worship you today. If you're new, we'd love to meet you. Come see us at the uh, Welcome Center at Guest Services. We would love to get you hooked up. Um, to tell you a little bit about all of our ministries and if you have any answer any questions that you have. So we would love to meet you. Please do that this morning. We'd love to give you a gift if you're new as well. Uh, a couple um, little praise reports is, you know, at, at this time of year, we tend to reflect on the year prior. And, and uh, in November, if you remember, we were collecting for the Ready Shoes program and we wanted to donate shoes um, to our community. And we were able to check this out you were able to donate 60 pairs of shoes to the Highland Park um, School. So how awesome is that? God is so good. And the social worker there, um, from what I hear, she had, she's been there 22 years, and she said no one's ever done anything like that. So that is just one of the ways, just one of the ways we as a body are able to bless our community and just be the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for all who donated, and I'm sure we'll do many more things like that throughout the rest of this year. This Tuesday, if you um, are 55-ish and older, we would invite you to our Seniors Luau. Um, that will be this Tuesday at 10 a.m., um, and there'll be donuts and coffee provided. But it'll be just a really great time. If you've came to those so far, there's been, gosh, 40 to 50 seniors that come, and it's really great. I get to be there, which is I am definitely the, the youngest that come. <laughs> but I love it. I've always just loved um, the wisdom and uh, knowledge that those who have gone before me and have lived many years before me, what they have to offer. So I want to serve you guys. And so please come this Tuesday if you're available at 10 a.m. And wear your favorite Hawaiian shirt or whatever grass skirt, I guess, oh, with something probably underneath it, I would imagine. <laughs> but just come. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Um, and one last uh, announcement I want to in personally invite you to be a part of is I am looking for, we are looking for volunteers for our production team ministry. We have lots of volunteers in all areas that are needed, but specifically, I want you to join us on the production team. And that looks and all it has different responsibilities, different ways you'll be trained, you'll be assessed to where you would fit appropriately. Because really, we can't do Sunday morning services without all these awesome people in the back that um, help make it go, right? So if you have an interest, please, um, you can see me or sign up at the table, or you can email me um, uh, on email. So. <laughs> So let's stand up as we get started today. Um, we are just going to uh, be studying um, the blessedness um, that God gives us, all the blessings that he pours out to us this morning. And in the scriptures, we're going to be in Matthew 5 today. And I want to share a little bit of, of the Beatitudes uh, this morning as we are meditating on the scripture. So in Matthew 5, verses 3 through 6, is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth and blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled so this morning if you are mourning a loss or mourning something that is no longer or if you're poor in spirit 
And if you hunger and thirst for the Lord, he will bless you. He is telling us that he will bless those who thirst after his righteousness. So this morning as we begin, go ahead and say hi to a neighbor and bless those with words of encouragement this morning.
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like this.
worship your holy name. And Lord, as we just continue to worship you this morning, and we lift your name up high, God, I pray blessing over those who are here who are hurting, those who need comforted. Draw them near to you this morning. Those who need healing, Lord, we know you can heal. Draw all of us to you this morning, Lord, as you are and as you continue to do that. We have so many things to be thankful for. And we have the prize and and reward of heaven for those in you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning you just stir and draw us into your spirit this morning. so that we can say I want to bless you Lord and I want to worship you and sing like never before because I know where my hope is and it's in you Lord we love you Amen Amen. You can have a seat Well, if you've ever wondered if America's got talent, you just saw it. (laughs) Yeah, praise God. Um, In 2013, Matt Redman wrote the song that we just sang. And here's what he said about about that song. Uh, When I heard the melody, it took me less than a minute to write most of this song, about an hour in total. The first few notes moved me to Psalm 103. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, forget not all his kindness, and the rest just spilled out. This is how the life of worship is meant to be. All that is in us is meant to worship for all that he has done and all that he will do. If you've ever been in a moment like this morning, in moments in your life where the presence of God, the the sense of God's walking and lifting and encouraging and blessing you. Everything within you wells up and spills out. And that's really the power of giving. That's really the power of not just giving financially, but that's the power of giving of yourself. And and, and this morning, you're going to see, we're going to walk through, John's going to walk through the idea of a blessing to be a blessing. But it really starts at the cross. It really starts at the point of saying, Everything, God, that you have done, and there are 10,000 reasons plus in each of our lives. If we were to put all those 10,000 reasons, (laughs) there would be way more than would would fill these walls. You know, in recent weeks, we've announced that Sherwood Oaks West is being sent by Sherwood Oaks to be an autonomous campus, to be a blessing, to be released to the community. And there are about 10,000 reasons why we're doing it, primarily because there are 10,000 needs that need to be met, and those needs get met in a better way by releasing the campus, believe it or not. And so in the last few weeks, just even in December, here's a few things that have happened. A purchase agreement has been constructed. Articles of incorporation have been filed with the state of Indiana. 
bylaws have been drafted, building objectives have been drafted, staffing objectives have been drafted, a capital campaign has been drafted, and we're looking right now for future financial options. There are about 10,000 details if you ask the staff <laughs> in terms of what's going on. But what they would tell you are there are 10,000 good reasons why we're doing it. And so in the, uh, in the weeks of December 19th through the 31st, all of the Sherwood Oaks campuses participated in a gratitude offering. And I'm happy to, to say this morning that over $58,000 were given to the West Expansion. Yeah, give God, give God praise. So nearly 90,000 was raised uh, across the campuses to, uh, to bless our missions, uh, to some to, to make up for, for lost budget, and then the rest uh, to, to West. So about two-thirds uh, were given to the West Campus. So what that tells us as leaders is that y'all are behind it. And the campuses are behind it. So that gives us, through making decisions, some assurance that this is a good thing. And we'll continue to communicate as much as we learn and do. But you continue to pray, continue to be faithful. Uh, there are 10,000 reasons why this is, this is a good thing. This is going to be a God thing. So let me, let me pray with you. Father, you are rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. God, we, we gather this morning uh, filled with worship. And as we give and we, we find reasons to give, we don't have to look very far because our souls spill out your goodness. And so, God, as we present our offerings this morning, we don't do that to construct a building, to buy land. We, we do that to build the hearts and souls of men and women. And that's what you've called us to, the church. So as we give, Father, we give not out of duty. We give because this is our act of worship. Accept it. Bless it. In Jesus' name. Right. I want to, uh, first of all, wish everybody a great uh, morning. And if you're a visitor with us today, it's great to have you. It's just awesome. I want to give you a, a couple of updates. Uh, one, I can't stand it because it's this time of year. Uh, in case there's a weather emergency, that happens in Indiana, you know, um, and you don't know whether or not we're closed or not, uh, I'm going to give you a number to call the bar. I'm just joking. Now, anyway, here you go. All you have to do is go to socc.org, and that, that site will provide everything you need. That's all you need to remember. socc.org, go there. They'll take care of you. January 19th, that Wednesday night, uh, we launch our men and women's Bible studies. We have stuff for the kids uh, the men will be me meeting off-site. You'll get more information on that. It's called Eight Great Talks. And then the uh, women uh, have a group led by Stephanie Brooks, and it will be going over the Lord's Prayer. But again, that is on January 19th. You can go online and register uh, for the men and women's studies. And then I'm really excited about this. We started it uh, this Sunday. We're going to be doing this every month, and it's called a Connections Class. And we have so many people who have filled out cards and said, I just want to know more about uh, the west side, I want to know more about where they're heading and what they're doing. And so we're going to be able to provide that. So we had a class at the 9 o'clock, or excuse me, the 9.30 and 11 o'clock services. And we'll have that again next month. You'll get more and more information. Uh, but right now we got a group actually in the bar uh, having a great time. But anyway, they're in the big bar and a large group. And I know some of you might have questions on stuff going on. And we would love to give you input on that. And again, that's coming once a month. 
with the Connections class. And then I'm excited about this. Uh, I don't know if you are. So Christmas, uh, this is my new shirt. Anybody like this? I got this from the girls. Anybody like it? Didn't know till about an hour ago. It's got these crazy pockets. Look at this. It's like uh, a kangaroo. That's what I feel like. So anyway, if I, if I, if I act weird, it's because of the of this shirt. So anyway, let, let's pray. I know if you're visiting, please pray. So let's pray and then we'll get rolling. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can be here uh, today. We know sometimes uh, uh, just the month of January in general can just kind of wear you down. And so, Lord, I'm just thankful that everybody is here. We thank you for uh, your son, Christ, and what Christ has done for us. And at the end of the day, like Neil has shared, uh, over 10,000 reasons we can lift up our praises and our blessings for you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So uh, as we've been doing with the core uh, study, Core 52, if you'll stand, we've got a scripture. It's going to come up on the screen. We're going to read together. And this comes from Matthew 5, verse 11. And uh, let's read this together. Here we go. Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Okay, you can be seated. Uh, How many here uh, have a German heritage? Anybody here? German background? We got a few. Okay. So then you know what Gesundheit means, right? It means? No, it doesn't mean bless you. I thought it did too. It just means health. And so we added the bless you to it. Uh, But I remember this growing up. Uh, You you don't hear it near as much, but somebody would sneeze, and then it'd be gesundheit, or bless you, which I'm like, of all the things to bless, not sure why that has become. Uh, So if anybody sneezes here today in this service out loud, you can either like (laughs) give them a kit, a COVID kit, but follow up with gesundheit, okay? Because it's all about blessing one another today. Remember, blessing uh, is an, it's just an interesting concept anyway in our culture. So if you go down south, I mean way south, like Bedford, like if you go south, okay, uh, and you hear this phrase, bless you, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You can say anything you want about a human if you, if you close it with, well, bless his heart or bless her heart, okay? Just insert the name. So, for example, you could say, uh, he's, a, he's a few fries short of a happy male. Well, bless his heart, you know. <laughs> or, she's not the brightest light in the harbor, but bless her heart. We can do that with anyone. But I want you to think today, for just a few minutes, what I'd like you to do is I really want you to think about blessing. I mean, what does that mean, blessing? And how important blessing is. Matter of fact, if you go to Genesis 12, this is interesting, verses 1 through 3. God, who is speaking to Abram, who eventually became Abraham, and he lines out, this is what I say is God's mission statement for the nation of Israel. And notice what it says. Verse 12, verse 1. And the Lord said to Abram, go from this country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Did you hear that? Of all of the missions of a new nation, did you hear the mission of God? 
that this nation will bless the world. That's our mission. That's the church's mission, that we should bless the world. The entire world around us, all the people in our life that we bless. This is nothing new in Deuteronomy 33. Moses blesses Israel. Joshua 14, Joshua blesses Caleb. And in 2 Samuel 6, David blesses the nation of Israel. It runs all the way through Scripture. And when you get to the foundational Scriptures in the Old Testament, this idea of a blessing you're going to hear today is huge. Because once you have that foundation, then you get to the Beatitudes, it all makes sense. To me, it all makes sense as being part of the heart of God. And we're going to look at these two life-giving truths concerning blessedness today. We're all called to bless others, all of us. That's why there's a a wonderful book I want to recommend for all of our parents and grandparents here. It's an oldie but a goodie, and it's called The Blessing, and it's by John Trent and Gary Smalley. And just to give you a little bit of background, uh, why I'm going to share this in these next few minutes. And uh, when they wrote this book, they actually spent a lot of time with Jewish families, and they wanted to find out how Jewish families bless their children because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's such an amazing principle throughout the, the Old Testament. And out of that, they said there were actually five things that they observed in Jewish families, how they blessed their children and grandchildren. And that's what I want to share with you today. And the first thing is, number one, appropriate, meaningful touch. If you think about it, from the very beginning, when God created the world, uh, time after time, how many times do you hear this phrase? And God did this, and he said, it is good. He did this, and it is good. And only one time does he say, it is not good. What was that? It is not good for man to be alone. And if there's anything we've learned the last couple of years, isn't that the truth? Isolation is terrible. I shared this first service, but I remember Marie and I uh, had this idea about uh, we had all these flower arrangements that we took to our widows. We, I just delivered them. <clears throat> and so Marie would, this is the conversation. She's driving, and I'm getting the flowers ready. She goes, now you know you can't hug them. You have to put the flowers you can stand at the door, no hugging. And I think it was about around Barbara Bush. She said, no hugging. And I'm like, it's Barbara Bush. I have to, and she's like, you can't. That's just the way it is. And I thought, wasn't that a ripple effect with all of us? I remember another time visiting a good friend in the nursing home, and I was walking in the nursing home, and I looked out, and there was a family standing outside. We see this all the time, outside of the nursing home, looking in the window, waving, knowing I can't actually reach out and touch you, but I'm here. Now, it's awesome that you're there, but was that the same as a hug? No. Why? Because God has wired us for touch. We have 5 million touch receptors, 2 million of those in our hands. We need to understand the power of touch. I read this heartbreaking story about Marilyn Monroe. Um, uh, Marilyn Monroe grew up uh, in one foster home after another and was so deeply, deeply insecure. Even though the world was telling her she was beautiful inside, uh, she always felt like she had been abandoned. A reporter one time who had known she had been bounced around a lot in foster homes said, 
I know you had a rough childhood, but was there a moment you remember that was a, that was a great moment? She said, yeah, I had one. When I was about seven or eight, there was a woman that I was living with for just a short time. She was putting on makeup, and I was watching her. She was so happy. She reached over, and she patted me on my cheeks with this, ro- with this uh, puff rag. For that very moment, I felt love. For just a few seconds, I felt this flooding and warmth and buckets of love. How sad is that? Now, when she looks over her whole childhood, all she could remember was the one time that a woman with makeup reached up and actually patted her on her cheek. Folks, the touch is so important. Think about Jesus. She loved to follow Jesus throughout the New Testament. Don't you love it when he literally reaches out to the untouchable, to the person who has leprosy, and Jesus walks up and he physically touches. To the woman with a bleeding disorder, Jesus reaches out and he touches. Every person that he wasn't supposed to touch, Jesus reached out to them. And then think of all the kids that weren't supposed to go to Jesus. Don't you love that? And the kids ran to Jesus. Don't you love what Jesus, I would love to see Jesus. I think with the little guys, I think he's rough on their hair. And I, if you haven't seen the choice, seriously, I want, I want to encourage you to see that so you can begin to experience the human side of Jesus. That he walked with us and he loved us and he touched people. Folks, we need to realize the power of touch. The second thing in the Jewish families that I love so much about blessing is a spoken word or a written message. In James 3, which is the chapter in the Bible that talks the most about the tongue, there are three visuals about the impact of the words that we use. The first is a bit and a horse's mouth. And that means that the words that we use can actually control us. The second thing he talks about is a rudder of a ship or a boat. And basically it's saying that the words that we use, small, can be great. Or they can lead somebody completely on, on a different path. Words, good or bad, are like the rudder of a ship, small but mighty. But then ultimately, he says, your words can actually be, be like a fire that has the potential to destroy. Now, we all know that's true. Because if we're all honest, we don't want to think about it. We've all had people use words that have cut us like a knife. And then if we're really honest, haven't we used words that have cut others like a knife. On the flip side, haven't we had times that somebody has said something encouraging and it's just lifted us up? And to think we have the power with our words to lift others up, it's an amazing thing what we can do with words. Years ago in my very first uh, weekend youth ministry, uh, which uh, I was way over my head. I didn't have a clue. what I, I was only 19. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And <clears throat> But I remember they used to have these things called youth rallies. Maybe some of you remember those rallies. And um, I had the junior high students, and we were going about an hour away. And so I had a, either a van or a car with all the guys, and then we had another a van or a car with all the junior high girls. Good time. So anyway, we're driving to the youth rally, and as soon as we get out to, like, the highway, you can imagine what the guys are screaming. Pass them. Pass them, you know. And so I said, first of all, uh, it's got to be legal. Uh, and then we're going back and forth. And I said, hey, I got an idea. I said, 
when I pass them, why do you want me to pass them? I don't know. You know, we want to share the love of Jesus. No, you know, they're wanting to say, scream something. I said, take out a piece of paper, and I want you to write something really nice about the girls, and then I'll pass them. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I said, no, just be creative. And they said, we don't know what to say. So in my wisdom, <laughs> I said, well, what's the best show on TV? And they said, what do you mean? I said, what's the show with, say, the most beautiful women? And they said, I don't know. I said, Charlie's Angels, please. <laughs> Charlie's Angels, is it that hard, guys? And they're like, okay. I said, why don't you write something like, who needs Charlie's Angels? We've got you. And they're like, I hate this van, you know. And so they wrote it, and we passed them. They put it up on the window. You should have saw the girls. Oh, they were just like flipping out, and, and they were fair faucet, man. They were like eating it. <clears throat> and then you could see them scrambling. They were going to write something. And the guys were like, slow down, slow down. You know, slow down. Who needs Rocky? We've got you. Oh, 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 oh. You know, they're like, this went on the whole way. We get there, <clears throat> and you know they got along. It was the best 10 minutes in youth ministry. I mean, that, that's all you can ask for in junior high, but they got along. But I've never forgot that. How many times in our life, you're like, just an encouraging word. How many of you this week had at least a day? All you needed was one encouraging word. Anybody have a day like that? I mean, we have those times. And to think we have words that can lift others up. Wow. That's a responsibility. The third thing in a Jewish family is attaching a high value. And I love this. It's creating a high value for people's lives. Sometimes it's with word pictures. For example, when Judah was talking about his sons before his death, and he used these very descriptive words, some of them negative, but some of them were so powerful. To Judah, he said, you will be a, anybody remember? A lion. And out of that came the tribe of Judah. And Joseph, he said, you'll be a fruitful vine. In other words, your life is going to multiply in amazing ways. Those high-value type exercises for our family are so important. To share people's attributes means so much. In the book, John Trent talks about in a Jewish family, he was visiting uh, right around Thanksgiving. And he remembered his Thanksgiving meals and the difference. He said, in this Jewish family, before they ate, he said, here's how they placed a high value on everyone. He said, first of all, the patriarch of the family, first of all, everybody stand up. I need all the fathers and sons to stand side by side as I share a blessing over you. And the blessing was this, may God richly bless you as you make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. Then they sat down and said, I need all of the moms and the daughters. Would you stand side by side? And my prayer of blessing is, may God richly bless you and may you grow to be like Rebecca and Sarah. Now, is that how your Thanksgiving unfolded? Because I'm just telling growing up, that's not how the Robertson Thanksgiving went down. We had a prayer. Mom made sure we had a prayer. Then we got a TV trays. You just hope you didn't get thrown to the kids' table. And then what did we do? We watched football. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's a great memory. <clears throat> but think of the times that we could be together and actually place high value. And we need to think more about how we can do that. 
I heard years ago, and I think it's so true, that the letters I, C, N, U can change somebody's life. I, C, N, U. And simply means this. When you see something in somebody, don't hold back. Just tell them. Just say, man, I got to tell you something. You're a rock star for what you did. And I appreciate you doing that. Or if somebody just, I mean, goes the extra mile to just say, I want you to know how much I appreciate your work ethic. That you show up when nobody else shows up. That means a lot. Now, folks, when you've got those texts or you get those words of encouragement, if that lifts your spirits, guess what? You can do that for other people is to actually lift people up so that they have a high value. That you see a character trait in them that is a Christ-like character trait, point that out. And the fourth thing is picturing a special future. I love that, picturing a special future. In the book, I love this quote. It says, words that picture a special future act like a campfire that draws someone to the warmth of fulfilled potential. Wow, I love that that we can pour into others that the best is yet to come. And don't we all need to hear that, that the best is yet to come? In these last few weeks, uh, we've had a lot of funerals. We've got a lot of funerals this week. And whenever I'm a part of the funerals, there's a scripture that always comes to mind. It's John 14, verses 2 and 3. And Jesus tells all his followers that I am going to prepare a place for you, but not just a place for you, a place where you're at and a place that what? I'm at. I'm going to be there. And then right there in John 14, he drops down around 23 and he says, a place called home. Now, I don't know what home means to you. And I know that there's some folks here that you've been through a lot and you don't really have great memories of home. But isn't there something really special about home. Um, I think of all the years being married uh, to Marie, and I'm just so grateful. She's always created such an amazing place that's called home. I'm thankful that I grew up in a place that my mom and my sister, they created a place that I always felt secure, home. Home is an amazing place because it's a special future for all of us. And the hope that we have in Christ is a special place. John Mitchell, uh, this is the fifth one. It is simply that it's to have an active, genuine commitment. So a few years ago, John Mitchell preached a sermon. Uh, Claudia shared with me, and I I listened to it, and I thought this was so good. And here was his point about people we like in life, and I have to agree with him. Uh, John said, I like people who are nice to my kids, that are helpful to my kids, and commit time for my kids. I like those people. How many of you agree with that? Teachers, coaches, there's people throughout your kid's life and you see them commit their time to your kid. You know what? I like those people. I just like that they've done that for my kids or our grandkids. There's something in us that says, thank you for giving my kid, even if it's for a season, the greatest gift. You gave them your time. You committed time to them. We need to realize how precious that really is. And how precious it is all of you who've committed time. Uh, one of the things I shared this um, in our youth or in our staff meeting this week is it got real quiet last week. And then I could start hearing bells. And, and Courtney was like, oh, I'm sorry. I said, no, no, no. 
I love the bells. I love it when they giggle and they cry. I, I love it. Man, that is a simp because that is so much life. And you know what? Folks are doing everything they can to commit time for the kids. It means everything. I like people who commit time for others. There's a movie out right now, uh, and it's called The Tinder Bar. Now, let me just say as a minister, strong language. I want to say that up front. So don't watch it and go, oh, my land. Does he know? I know. Okay, okay. But, but I just want to share, for me, it was such an emotional movie because of this principle right here. And just in a nutshell, it's a, it's a little guy, probably about 10 years old, and he's never had a relationship with his dad. His dad abandoned him, so single mom, this little 10-year-old guy, goes back home, and he's basically got no one to lean into except his uncle, Charlie, who's the bartender who teaches him how to be a man. That's the premise of the whole movie. So at the very beginning, here's a couple of life lessons from his uncle Charlie. And he's got this deep New York accent, you know. And he sits down and he said, JR, sit down. Couple things. Number one, I'm never gonna let you win. Never. If you beat me, you gotta beat me. You understand? And at 10, you don't understand. Yeah, okay. Number two, <laughs> two always tell the truth. Because I'm always gonna tell you the truth, okay? You understand? The kid's like, yeah, I get it. He goes, so I'm, uh, I'm watching you play in the yard. You're not very good. You're not good at all. And he goes, you know, the kid looks, and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you love? He goes, I love to read. That's what we're going to do. We're going to read. So a few uh, scenes later, he opens up his door in his bedroom, nothing but books. He goes, you read every book, and that's what we'll talk about. Now, that's what I'm talking about. The coolest thing is, it's a true story. That kid went on to graduate from Yale, went on to be a writer. Now, how did that happen? It wasn't because somebody said the right things. It's because somebody invested right here, time. That's a blessing. And you take all of those Old Testament foundations, and what we begin to realize is that literally builds a foundation to get to number two, which is God is committed to blessing us through Jesus Christ. So in these next three weeks, as we start talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and today we talk a little bit about the Beatitudes, it makes sense because the Beatitudes are all about blessing. Jesus said, I, I know you think what a blessing is all about. No, I'm going to tell you what a blessing is all about. Beatitudes are amazing things. It gives us guidance in life. But what Jesus did is he said, here's what the world does. The world will bless the popular and the powerful and the newsmakers and what's trending. Jesus could care less what's trending. Jesus said, no, no, no. Blessings come to the poor in the spirit, <clears throat> to those who mourn, to those who thirst for righteousness, to the peacemakers. Warren Worsby put it this way, Jesus did not destroy the law by fighting it. He destroyed it by fulfilling it. That's what the Beatitudes are. He said, I want to tell you what this is all about. Blessing is when our attitude towards others change, our attitude towards our sins <coughs> change, when our attitude becomes how we can help others. Having a balanced life in this area of blessing, think of how hard that really is. 
and yet that should be at the very top of our list. How can we bless others? I've got a good friend. I know Dave and Donna know who this is, but John Smith, he was an elder at Sherwood Oaks years ago, and me and him have stayed in touch, and we like to talk about business uh, books and time management. And um, one of the disciplines he has is every Saturday he has these um, check-your-heart questions. has nothing to do with physical. It's like your emotions. Right? And uh, I need to do that. And one of his questions every Saturday is basically this one is, what was your attitude this week? One to five. One being call a therapist. Uh, five being it was a good week. So if I have to look over the last seven days, I'm going to give myself a, maybe 1.5 because I have not had a great attitude. I don't know if some of you have had a rough week. I don't know. But I, I know it's hard to have a good attitude. And I know this idea of blessing others sometimes is hard when you don't feel blessed. But I want to encourage you to keep blessing others. So about a month or so ago, it was after this service, and it was just a few people here, and Glenn Tony, who passed away here last week, Glenn Tony was in the back, and he signaled for me to come over. And he put his arm around me, he got real close. And he said, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you and for the west side. Folks, I'm not kidding. I leaned to him like I would have leaned into Moses. I wanted to hear every word. And it was just the sweetest prayer. And I didn't want to cry in front of him. Um, I didn't. So I, I'm glad I had the mask. I think I'd strapped that thing back on. And I was just said, thank you, Glenn. You have no idea. And I've got it together. And then I turned to my left, and there's Marie and Amy, and they're crying. <laughs> that didn't help at all. But I thought, how amazing that is that I found out later he did that with so many people. He would just literally put his arm around somebody, lean in and go, I'd like to bless you right now. And I thought, I can do that. You can do that. Think of all the countless ways that we can truly encourage others. In these next few minutes, as we take communion, I really want you to think about that. The blessing that we have because of Christ. If I were standing here right now, and if I had an acorn, there are two ways to destroy it. I could smash it and throw it away, or I could plant it and let it fulfill its purpose and become an oak tree. When Jesus died 2,000 years ago, you know what they did? They took this seed and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to smash it and bury it, and it's going to go away. And they were wrong. Three days later, guess what? Surprise! I'm back. And what did he do? He gave, through his death, he gave us life. That's why we're here. When we take communion, what is it that we remember? We remember his death. We remember his resurrection. And wherever you're at right now in your life, he died for you. He rose for you. It's our greatest blessing. So my neighbor, uh, his name is Bruce Hamlin. He's such a great guy. Uh, He said, John, I want to give you a card I give people all the time. And he says, I laminate it because I want it hard for people to throw away. And I said, I want to share this card with everyone to pray over you before communion. Number six, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's pray. (coughs) Only Father, thank you for blessing us through your son, through the death and the power of the resurrection. Help us bless others. It's in Jesus' precious name that I pray. Thank you.
we thank you for your goodness that's running after us. May we surrender our lives to you as we think about how we are blessed by you and how we then in return can bless others. And Lord, if there's someone here today that just needs a touch from you, God, that will you bring it to someone's attention? Even if they don't say a word to anyone, would you just press on someone's heart today that can bless someone, even right here in this room? Whether they need prayer or just an encouraging word. We all fall short and we just need each other. But God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for just the love that you constantly are pouring out to us. Lord, thank you for being that comforter that we need. As the lyrics of that song says, in the darkest night, you're close like no other. And I know that is true because I've experienced that. So Lord, we thank you. We ask that you just, I ask that you just bless those who've come here today. That you just shine your light on them as they leave here, as we go throughout our week, that we would not forget to be a blessing to others because you've blessed us so deeply and richly. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time that we have together. It's your name we pray. Amen. Have a great, great week. And uh, you seniors, I'll see you on Tuesday at 10 a.m.